0: Welcome to Table 86, a podcast centered on creatives of color who are transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Geo Darwin. Let's take a seat. In this extra special episode, The Best of Instagram, I'm joined by two of my favorite food bloggers and dearest friends, Quinn of Butterbee Ready and Sherrod of Slice and Tort. Listen in as we celebrate content creation excellence across a number of fun and funky categories, from photography and recipe development to cocktails and food styling. So why don't we do some quick introductions because there's so many fabulous things that I could say about each one of you. So Sherrod, would you do the honor of going first? Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, my name is Sherrod. I am half of Slice and Tort. I'm more the cooking half, but we both deal with fabulous recipes, videos, ridiculous videos, if we're being honest. Uh, we also <laughs> have a podcast and uh, lots more at com.
0: So, Sherrod is my fellow plant daddy. He is, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I can ask him five million questions about plants and interior design in addition to cooking. He's just all around, like a jack of all trades. So, oh, yes. thank you for being here today, sir. Absolutely. All right, the lovely Miss Quinn. Can you do us the honor?
2: <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, my name is Quinn. Um, I run a food blog called Butter Be Ready, um, where I just share recipes, um, photography. Um, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. I'm hoping to do a little bit more in 2020, but as of right now, yeah, it's a food blog where I just share recipes and um, hope to inspire people in and out of the kitchen.
0: So Quinn, what do you call your fans? Because you have quite a following on, on Instagram and Instagram stories.
2: Oh gosh, I don't think I have a name for it. <laughs> I usually just say I used to say y'all, like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I call them the margarines. Um the
1: margarines.
0: Wow. <laughs> that is so cute. Uh, because, you know, uh, bad pun on butter be ready, but um, <laughs> So, what um we're doing today, which I'm really excited about is a best of gram/blogging episode where the three of us uh, have picked some extra special Instagram accounts that we love um, in five different categories. And so, I'd like to start out with giving you guys the five categories and then we'll dive deep into it and talk about why we picked the people that we picked. So, first up is flat lay bay. So, we all love a good flat lay, right? Um, <laughs> in the in the blog sphere and Instagram, that's how um, photos are compositioned in a flat format from above. And so we picked some extra special people in that category. Next up is a recipe rewind. This is just a category for people whose recipes that we love um, and that just keep us coming back for more. We just love what they do. The sweet Life, uh, Quinn and Sherrod. uh I know uh, Danielle does the baking, right, Sherrod?
1: Yeah, she's more the baker.
0: She's more the baker, but... Um, the Sweet Life is just our favorite sweet recipe-focused feed, um, and people who do some cool things. Um, Quinn, you're quite the baker as well, right?
2: I am, but I, I don't touch uh, the other half of Slice and Sort, which is Danielle.
0: <laughs> I know that Danielle, that girl's amazing. Um, <laughs> and then we also have Bad and Boozy, which is just a highlight of a beverage brand or mixologist that that we like, we love, we've tried, um, or who we just admire. And uh, last but not least is a wild card. So for this category, I just wanted everyone to pick a feed that was special to them. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to it. To begin, the category is lay <laughs> Bay. And I would actually like to start with Sherrod, who recommended a feed called Half-Baked Harvest.
1: So Sherrod, why did you pick this feed? So I picked her because... Uh... I think flat lays can be, they fall into two camps. Either they are wildly minimalist, and you're like, what am I looking at? Mm -hmm. Or they are so full of crap that you don't know what the actual subject is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason I like Half-Baked Harvest is because she falls like smack in the middle. Her flat lays are exactly what you think of. They're not too detailed, they're not too sparse. They feature, you can tell what the subject is at all times, all of her backgrounds are on point, and that's so important. It's you see a lot of like the same background, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. these things are expensive. The backgrounds yes. expensive. <laughs> Who has time to be finding all this stuff? Stuff on, but hers are all different, and it really adds up to this beautiful, rich effect um, when you scroll down her feed. So I rec- I highly recommend looking at her flat lays if you just want inspiration.
0: Oh, that's awesome, and I agree. And you know, um, I think both you and Quinn, the the backdrop is so important, right? And a nice one is super expensive. Um, but I think it, I, I can plug really quickly, Sherat, both you and Quinn have created your own.
1: Mm-hmm. And you too.
0: And yes, and you inspired me to create my own. So, um, but, was, uh, A labor <laughs> of love. A labor of love. I agree. <laughs> so Quinn, you picked the first mess. Tell us a little bit about that one.
2: Yeah. um, The first mess, she is a um, a plant-based recipe developer. I really love her. um, I don't know. She kind of has this like, also like Sherrod said, it's kind of like in between not being like over overly done and not being too sparse. Um, It's just so simplistic with, she has a lot of elements that she puts in there. Like like in a couple shots, she has like candles and it just, the whole, yeah. I'm into photography that tells like a story, like a vibe. Yes. Yeah. And anytime I see her photos, I'm like, I feel like I'm right there. Like I'm in the cabin somewhere with this bowl of oats, with this candle on the side. and this bowl <laughs> <of rubber. laughs> She just has like just some of the most gorgeous flat lay um, photos I've ever seen. And um, yeah, each photo is, is is different. Each photo is, tells a story. There's, there's so much like feels to the actual photo. So I love that.
0: Yeah, I think it's important, like, when a photo evokes emotion, right? Yes. Um And it's crazy because there's so many different styles out there. Um, but, like, even people who, like, use dark, darker photography can tell a deep, moody story or light and airy. Like, Quinn, I think sometimes you create a little whimsy with your photos. Mm-hmm. And um, Sherrod, one thing that I've, I've loved about Slice and Tort is that it's always very, very clean and polished. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I love that feeling, you know? So that leads me to my pick. I picked Bayou Foodie. And like you, I, I agree. The backdrop, how things are positioned, the story that it's telling is really important. But um, the Bayou Foodie, she's actually originally from NOLA, where we met <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> at funny. the Black Food Bloggers Retreat. But I know this is going to sound like a segue, but it's totally related. How, do you, are you guys in like, the Black Soul Food group on Facebook?
2: No. Yes,
0: Yes. Oh, well, Quinn, if you're not in it, you Wait, gotta...
2: is this, is it Black Food Bloggers Club?
0: No, 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 no. It's just a soul food group. Oh, oh no. no.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you guys to it, but it's essentially a feed where people post soul food. And you know, our people, we have a lot of commentary and people go in <laughs> and they celebrate and they tell you if it looks good or if it looks bad or if whatever. But... <laughs> What I love about Bayou Foodie and her photography is that it is soul food with a decadence and an elegance to it um in the photo, mm-hmm. so she is doing classic like soul food fare in a way that like just draws you in from a storytelling perspective, but also she uses very fresh p- props like you know a lot of greenery and she like you Quinn, you were talking about the um the candles she she often uses like Interesting plates and different color backdrops, and so it was one of the first feeds I came came across that I was like, Ugh, I love soul food, but like this, this is like fancy soul food. So, um, and it was all told through photography, so that's why I really, really liked her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you guys both need to follow. I'm, I'm going to send it to you after call. You guys have to follow the soul food group because it is it is comedy.
1: Like, um, <laughs> I bet it is. Like videos were going around of that of those ladies uh, commenting on each other's cooking.
0: Yes. Have you seen that Quinn? No, I
1: haven't. (laughs) It's so funny.
0: uh, It's the it's the black it's four black moms commenting on each other's soul food. Mm -hmm. It's a BuzzFeed video. I bet
1: that
2: is hilarious.
0: You yes. Yeah. So I got so much to send you after this. (laughs) So next up is bad and boozy, uh, which I said is a highlight of a beverage brand mixologist or bartending focused feed. Um, why don't you kick us off, Quinn, with the drinking coach? I checked out her feed and it looks really cool.
2: Yeah, so what I love about um Tiffany is um, I think she's also a Beard um, Foundation winner, if I'm not oh mistaken. wow, but um, I love how uh, again with the storytelling of how she makes her beverages and drinks and spirits and whatnot. Um, I love the approach she uses the sourcing of the ingredients and she kind of goes into more than just like here is an old-fashioned um <laughs> she yeah. kind of tells like the story behind it and how she sources um the ingredients and everything um yeah and i just really love how there are a lot of like alcohol or beverage accounts that are like super fancy where it's like that's all you see are like the completely professional like edited to the tea type photos but her feed is not really like that um, uh-huh. And I appreciate that, like, authenticity about her, her work a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think in ways that that can make it accessible, right? Like, yeah. it feels like you can do what she's showing.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Sherrod, you picked a brand that I, I've heard of, and, and I, I was excited that you included it, but you picked Uncle Nearest. Can you tell us a little bit about what Uncle Nearest is and, and why you picked it?
1: Yeah, so, uh, first of all, I went hunting I think it's only fair to tell everyone i went hunting for a pick for this someone whose uh drinks that i love and i went looking through all my saved instagram posts and apparently i just don't save (laughs) cocktails or anything which is absolutely shocking to me so i was scrambling looking for something uh what could i possibly pick and then i talked about this brand before on instagram uncle nearest is the name of brand and was uh, a historical figure and a very important historical figure for uh people who like to drink so many people know of the brand Jack Daniels, but a few years ago, the company came forward and, and said publicly, what I think was, a, was sort of an open secret in the area, that the uh, first distiller of Jack Daniels was actually the family slave. And mm-hmm. uh, that slave, his name, I believe, was Nathan Green. And uh, everyone called him. There was some dispute about his name is, what, is how I understand the name Uncle Nearest came about. Um, I've, heard, I've heard different spellings, different pronunciations. Nobody quite knew what they called him, but Uncle Nearest was was what everyone around the uh, plantation called him. So, anyway, he was the original uh, distiller of Jack Daniel's, and he went unrecognized for the company's entire history up until a few years ago, when I believe they put him on the website. So, his descendants have a a whiskey, Tennessee whiskey brand in his legacy, which I think is absolutely incredible that such a thing could even happen. Yes, and uh, the brand is called Uncle Nearest. It is. A Tennessee whiskey in the style that he originally created, he pioneered. Um, and I have to tell you, it is absolutely delicious. It is comparable in flavor, quality, mouthfeel to, to liquors that are hundreds of dollars uh, wow. more expensive. It is. It's so so well made. If you can find it, it's it's getting very hard to find in my so, area.
0: Yeah, you um you had me on it when I, when I saw this appear, I was like, yes, I, I did hear about it. I didn't have as much um knowledge or background as you had, Sharad, but. You know, I was on Google looking where they have it. They actually sell it at quite, quite a few places around here. Mm. So I'm, I'm gonna pick up some um, because you know I just got into like bourbon and whiskey, trying to get my palate together. But um, I, it's definitely an awesome brand to support.
1: It is, and it's, it's a good one to get your palette started with too, because it's not, it's not um one that's overly aggressive. It doesn't have a lot of uh, flavors that you might not be used to. It's mm. a very delicious, straightforward. But it has sort of uh, this rich quality to it that I think um, is is rare among among liquors in that category.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Quinn, are you a a bourbon drinker?
1: You know a little
0: bit,
2: but not too much. So, but I definitely want to try this one for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta um, gotta do it do it for the culture. You know, support black owned businesses. (laughs) So. That leads me to mine, um, Shannon Mustafa and I hope that I pronounced this correctly, but um, I've been following her for quite some time. And one, her cocktail photography is out of this world. Um, she mostly mm-hmm. focuses on tiki, um, tiki style drinks. Mm. And um, Quinn, you're uh, of West Indian descent, correct? Yes. Yeah. And so um, it feels very much like the islands. Um, you know, my husband's Jamaican, so um, he, he loves that type of of style drink too. Um, But there was one thing that was really interesting that I read about uh, Shannon and it's that she is the first African-American bartender to publish a cocktail recipe book in a hundred years.
1: Wow. Oh, wow.
0: So um, that was from a story in the LA times. Um, So I was like, I already thought that her photography was just dope, but I mean, that was just an additional like fun fact. Um, You can actually get her book on Amazon and it it is all focused on tiki style cocktails. And um, yeah, I just thought that she was a really, really dope person. So I guess I should ask. Sharad. you talked a little bit about it, but Quinn, you featured some alcoholic beverages on your blog, correct?
2: I have a few, yeah.
0: What makes a good cocktail to you?
2: Oh gosh, I'm like the wrong person to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Because I barely drink, but um, you know, I'm gonna, I feel like, what makes a good one to me. I'm not somebody that likes beverages too strong. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess people call them girly drinks. I like drinks that have a little bit of, <laughs> I don't like the, the, the drinks that make you like drinking and you're like, dang, like what just happened? You know, like, <laughs> um, but I, I, for, for me, I feel like a good drink is is a little on the fruity side, has some, you know, little embellishments in it. I love drinks that have like a little um, like fruit on the side or something yep. in it, um, that kind of balances it out. Um, but yeah, that's what I like.
0: Awesome. Now, Sharad, what about you? I, I know we both love our cocktails. Yes, ma'am. So what is, what is, what makes a good cocktail to you?
1: Um, I would say, I think balance is the most important thing in a good cocktail because you don't want, there's like a trend, I think, among mixologists, maybe it's past, but uh, to make things very, very dry and very, very sour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think people consider very sweet things to be cheap. So, they go all the way in the opposite direction. And I don't really like drinks like that. I think a good cocktail needs to be a little bit sweet, a little bit sour, a little bitter, and to not be overwhelming, you know, taste overwhelmingly of alcohol. So, I would definitely say balance. It's very important. It's a good one.
0: All right. So, next up is recipe rewind. And I'll go first for this one. For a recipe rewind, I actually selected someone that I know, a friend of a friend on Instagram she is Kalisa Marie Eats and the great thing about Kalisa is that she also has a YouTube channel and Sharad you have a YouTube channel as well correct
1: yeah we do but ours is not nearly as high quality and polished as hers
0: <laughs> yeah so i picked Kalisa not only are her recipes fantastic, oftentimes very simple to make and delicious, I think the added benefit that uh, I see with her is that you have the YouTube channel as the vessel. So sometimes when I'm reading recipes on a blog, I don't know if I'm doing preparation correctly or like I'm reading and I miss a step. But one thing that I love about people who have used YouTube to do recipe development and to or to just share with us how they make recipes, is that you can see any tips and tricks that they used in real time. And I think that for me, that has created a better end product. So that's what I liked about Kalisa. That's what I love about Kalisa actually. And that's why she was my pick for Recipe Rewind. Uh, Sharad, why don't you go next?
1: All right, um, so my pick is uh, Food Minimalist. And the reason I love her is because she creates these recipes that are, I, I, it seems to me that she creates some sort of on the fly from what she has lying around sometimes. And they are stellar. Everything she makes, I'm like, oh, I, would, I could eat that right now. She makes these dishes that look so unfussy and so uncomplicated, but you would also pay good money for it at a restaurant. I mean, and she puts the recipes right in on the Instagram story, which is always a plus. And I've made a couple of her things and they're just as good as, mine Turn out just as great as the one she puts on her Instagram which, I mean, is, you know, is rarely the case. So I uh, highly recommend taking a a look down her post.
0: All right, Quinn. So tell us about your pick, No Combs Left.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Terry is is awesome. She's kind of really pioneered the home cooking um, or pioneered recipes for the home cook, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm a huge fan of of people who do recipes that are like just that, like for the home cook, nothing like that I have to go source, um, you know, to the islands of this place for, or that to get one ingredient. So she's yeah. very straightforward. Um, she kind of also reminds me of that, like when you were younger and that friend that you had and you go over and the mom would be cooking like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm.
1: She,
2: just, she just really creates like a lot of classic recipes. She shows you how to do it exactly um, on her Insta stories or, um, you know, on the, on her Instagram. Um, she's also known for which one of her recipes I love, which is the marinated onions um, that I believe is whole 30 endorsed. If that's your, if that's your thing. Um, oh. just really classic. Um, easy accessible recipes that are that are good and she kind of just shows you takes you through the entire thing and and you feel like you're right there like you feel like I can make this um and it's nothing fussy it's 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 simple ingredients like chicken piccata like regular classic recipes
0: oh Oh, nice nice yeah I I you know it was cute I followed her and liked a bunch of her stuff based on your recommendation and she actually sent me a message um thanking me for the follow and she sent me some newsletters she said she does a weekly newsletter and I just thought that was really cool. so, yeah, no crumbs left is, is great. Yeah, now-
1: and I have to tell y'all, I've actually made her uh, wedge salad with uh, bacon, potatoes, eggs, ranch. And I can confirm those uh, marinated onions are everything.
2: Yes, I even, <laughs> I even went and bought the, um, not that you needed to, to make it, but I went and bought the little bowl. She sells these, um, she partners with us. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I went and bought um, one of her bowls and to make the marinated onions in, and oh my gosh. They're just like these really classic, like one-of-a-kind ceramic dishes. You don't need it for their actual recipe, but um, yeah, those marinated onions are the truth. I'm telling you.
0: Oh. So now I got to go make the marinated onions. You do. You <laughs> what are they marinated make- in? What are they marinated in? I just at a high level. I, I, I don't want to spoil the recipe for people.
2: It's a blend of um, olive oil, oregano flakes, um, a little red wine vinegar, and I think that's it. Oh, literally yeah and a red onion obviously um and then you just marinate it you don't put it in the fridge you let it sit in the bowl and let it marinate for a couple of hours i think she prefers overnight um and you just literally can put them on anything on a salad on a on a finished dish literally anything steak um, mm-hmm. they're really really they, they they're tender and they get like silky once they absorb all. yeah they flavor. get silky yeah
0: oh that sounds amazing i now can they keep can you like keep them in the fridge and
2: i yeah, think she
1: you probably could
2: You probably could, but I think she recommends that they stay on the counter because when you put them in the fridge, they're going to solidify. The oil is going to solidify and it's not going to be, it's not going to be marinated anymore, technically. Um, Helpful tip. Yeah. Everything is going to kind of solidify together.
0: Nice. And do you put them in like a glass jar, like a mason jar or, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. Sounds good. All right. So we're up to category four, which is the sweet life, which um, if you're like me and have a sweet tooth, this was one of my favorite categories. Uh, Quinn, you had a really interesting pick. And uh, his photography was amazing. And his dishes looked out of this world. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about the cinnamon? Yeah. I, I love his feed name too, the cinnamon.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think um, yeah, his desserts. Um, I love that. They're some of them are, are simple, but they look so elegant, and I think he is—he um, is a obviously a person of color, um, so I love that as well. Yeah, I, think I think he's
0: Middle Eastern.
2: Middle Eastern, yes. He is a Savor Mag um, uh, winner, I think, from 2018 as well. Oh wow. But his, his, wow! Yeah, his treats just look so elegant and nice. Not to mention his photography is awesome, and his his his, his sweets remind me of like one that you'd pick up like in some random bakery in like france or like some you know what i mean something you've never really seen before yes. but, um yeah they're so just good everything from tarts to loaves to cookies everything just looks amazing and, and like i like i said i love his photography and i love his approach behind how the recipes he de- he develops
0: yeah i agree and he does that dark i, I mentioned it earlier but the dark photography right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. dark rich um there's a lot of warm tones that yellow and the orange that i see in his photos and um i, I, I was just amazed um, I, I feel like I could never recreate any of his desserts, but they all look amazing. All right, Shirad, you have a cozy kitchen.
1: Yes. So a cozy kitchen is someone I've been following for a very long time. Her dishes are simple, but that's what makes them so spectacular. And what I love particularly about her as a dessert, uh, food blogger, the thing that she got me hooked on, although she does quite a bit of savory too. um, the thing that she really got me hooked on was making badges of cookies and freezing the little cookie balls so that when you want, you know, just one or two or you know four or five for a, a random <laughs> Tuesday night, all you have to do is take them out of the freezer, put them in the oven for 15 minutes and you've got cookies. I don't know why that simple idea is so revolutionary to me. It has completely changed my life. I <laughs> now keep cookies in stock. And first of all, I want to talk about her cookie recipes real quick because she <laughs> has, I feel like everyone these days has some sort of brown butter something or other cookie yeah um and also the other standard is a dark chocolate and espresso cookie she has both and i guarantee you they're better than anybody else's on this planet Mm. her cookie recipes are outstanding she understands getting that gooey center with the crispy edge and the toasty flavor of a good cookie and Mm. to me that is absolutely absolutely priceless
0: Yes. And so um, I, I was looking through her feed and I was like, yes, yes, yes. I want to make it all. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day, but um, that cookie tip is revolutionary. If I do say it so is. myself. Um,
1: it's dangerous though. I'm telling you now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it makes it easy. Like if I wanted to make a Sunday, I could just pop a cookie in the oven while my, mm-hmm. my, um, you know, ice cream thaws out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm about the, up the calories. Yeah, hello. <laughs> with, yeah. With this new idea, yeah. and Quinn. So I know you know cookies. I've made your chocolate chip cookie recipe yeah. tons of times. And um, what what to you makes a good like cookie? Um, how how do the ingredients have to be?
2: Oh, just like Sherrod said, I, I love a soft, gooey center, crispy, buttery edge. Um, mm-hmm. It's so funny that you, you asked me this because one of my followers actually DM'd me dm'd me the other day she was making my cookie recipe and she was using spreadable butter instead of like traditional butter sticks oh yeah and she was like oh my gosh what did i do wrong the the batter is so runny and i was and then she told me what she used and i was like oh you use spreadable uh, butter which has a higher water content so it's gonna produce mm. not the cookie you want not the dough you want um but yeah i think a good cookie is, is just that soft, gooey center, crispy on the outside. I do not like like crackly cookies whatsoever. I like a thick yes. cookie. I'm somebody that likes nuts in my cookies as well. I know that's mm-hmm. like highly controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind a little walnut or um, yes. know, almonds, or not almonds, um, walnut or pecans in my cookies. Yeah. Um, yeah. You,
0: you also, you, um, I know you always put the, the nuts in as optional. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know if you always do that, but I, I know in a couple of the recipes I looked at, you put them I for do, you, yeah. you put them in as optional. Well, they
2: um, in their feelings when it comes to nuts and cookies, and I'm like,
0: okay, sure <laughs> <laughs> they they sure are. It's like the um, it's almost like the sweet and savory grit debate, right? Like,
1: oh please, please, God <laughs> we, in heaven,
0: we we could we could be here all day on that one, but like similar with cookies, um <laughs> uh when You also one thing that I, I noted about you is you use sea salt on some of your cookies too, mm-hmm. right? um Which I actually I think you are the first introduction to that for me but I love it I love it the the um sweet and salty yeah perfect so my pick for this is a food blogger from this area but New York and um and I'm in Philly but uh orchids and sweet tea and I've been following her for quite some time found her through the black food bloggers group but what I love about her is that she does her desserts in many different ways so she has like your standard desserts but then she also has gluten-free desserts she also has vegan desserts I, I feel like she tries to meet a broad audience with what she does and everything looks delicious and everything looks beautiful quinn i say her style is akin to yours and that like she creates some whimsy with the vibrant flat lays and and the picture story, um, the story in the picture and things like that. So I was just really drawn into her for those reasons. Admittedly, I haven't tried to make any of her vegan desserts, but what I have tried to make has turned out absolutely great. So I highly recommend her. Sherrod, I don't know if you had told me this before, but have you played around with some vegan cuisine?
1: I have. I've made, um, well, so I, I, I used to be vegan for like six months. I'd only intended to do it for one month and I liked it so much I did it for six. So I've experienced cooking vegan, and I have made baked vegan things before. I used uh, aquafaba to make like a vegan pastry crust, mm. which was interesting. Not uh, very forgiving when it comes to cooking those crusts. And uh, the flavor is very interesting. Not ex- not at all what you think.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I mean, Quinn, you, have you cooked vegan?
1: Yeah, there's a, a few re- uh, vegan
2: recipes on my site. Um, there's one vegan dessert, but... Um, yeah, I love, I have like cans and cans of coconut milk. I'm always using, Sometimes <laughs> I, I just cook and it's, it just so happens to inherently be vegan. I'm not trying yeah. to make a vegan recipe, but um, yeah, there are a lot of good, they, to me, vegan dishes, obviously, I, I love them for the fact that they don't leave you with that, like, oh, like I feel like I just have like a, you know, incredibly heavy stomach. Um, yeah, so I, I do love cooking vegan from time to time.
0: So last but not least, we have our wild card. And for the wild card category, I kind of wanted it to be whatever you wish. It could just be somebody that you admire. It could just be a feed that you're really jiving with. And so it's actually funny. Quinn, you picked Son of a Southern Chef, and I almost picked him and, um, <laughs> wow. because his feed is dope, um, and I know he has a cookbook. But, yes. but, you know, if you had to give your wild card a category, what would you give Son of a Southern Chef?
2: Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just that wild card. <laughs> I love, you know, I actually just, speaking of his book, I just bought his cookbook and I'm so glad I have it in my collection because you know, he, for, for me, when I, when I see him and when I found out about him, he's, you know, black, he's queer, he's just himself. Like he's so unbothered. Like, I feel like that's the, the one of the names I'd give him. He's so unbothered with everything um, and labels and all of that. Like he's just so himself. And that's one of the things that I admire and his cookbook just re- reflects that as well. Like he's, his recipes are so, like, um, he does a little bit of Southern and Caribbean because he is of um, – he has a Caribbean background. I'm not too sure what it is. I think it's Jamaican and Guyanese. From, mm. I'm um, but, yeah, his recipes are, like, he grew up as with a you know son of a Southern chef. He, he grew up with a, um, a father that wasn't known as a Southern chef. And a lot of his recipes are, like, right in that in-between mix of West Indian, Caribbean recipes and soul food recipes. So I love that he's just out there. Like, his content is, like – I don't know. I just love it. I love that he's unapologetic. It's like a mix of everything. Like, you know, he'll kind yeah. of go into this category or that category and talk about his queerness and his recipes. And he's also put uh, politically forward as well. Like he's, he just kind of does a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. I think yeah. it's refreshing to see.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think it's so important um, because he does really live unapologetically and his photographs, I love it. Like um, there's one of him like laying on a bed of food. It's in your face, it's unapologetic, it's yeah. fun, um, but it's also purposeful. Uh, I think that, like, especially being Black and queer, uh, mm-hmm. we need voices and representation like that um, yeah. at the forefront. So Sherrod, you picked Smitten Kitchen and you said you had a good reason yeah. for this pick.
1: Yeah, so I know you wanted all of our picks to be um, of people of color and um, leaning towards people who are minorities and in different interest groups. Smitten Kitchen is none of those things. <laughs> this is Jeff Perlman. but the thing I love about her, and the reason I picked it as my wild card, especially I felt it this year. I think a lot of time, we're all food bloggers here. I'm hoping this is a, a safe space. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of time we're in a rush to produce. And in doing so, uh, we sometimes rush the recipe or the idea. And so we may have only tested the recipe once. I know I've posted a recipe that I've not even tested a whole time. I got halfway through it and it's like, yep, this will work. Post mm-hmm. it. Sometimes that leads some of our recipes to be, to be not so mechanically inclined. There are pieces missing. We haven't thought parts through, or mm-hmm. in fact, it doesn't work the way we thought it did. Yeah. Lucky that one time. Benton Kitchen is not like that, honey. This woman tests her <laughs> recipes. If there are corrections, there are updates on, update from, on recipes from years ago. She recooks and takes photography again and again on these uh, recipes. They are consistent. You that never have awesome. to worry about it. It's, it's so good. You never have to worry if even a very complicated recipe is going to work for you or not. Plus, the comments are not dumpster fires like they are everywhere else on the internet. They're <laughs> having intelligent discussion, sharing their experiences about the recipe and their thoughts, and she re- responds to people and incorporates the comments into the body of the recipe. I can't help but love what she does. Plus, she has a massive library of recipes. If you think I saw it, that. She has the <laughs> recipe for You will never go wrong with Smitten Kitchen ever.
0: Oh, you, you, um, you fanboy, you repped hard for her. I have
1: to. (laughs) You have no choice but to stand. I mean, she's legendary.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, so now you, so because you've completely sold sold me on her, I'm gonna have to go try her recipe tomorrow. So uh, that leads me to my pick, Uh, Quinn. You picked Son of a Southern Chef, Mm -hmm. and I picked Created by Lori, who is one of his stylists slash creatives on his team. Okay. And um, she is a woman of color. One thing about me is I love the traditional food photography and things like that. But the more I've gotten into the uh, the food scene, if you will, the more I like like nice surprises. Mm-hmm. And she, from a stylist perspective, does some very pop arty food photography and styled shoots. And uh, meaning like neon orange backdrops, neon green backdrops, um, fun poses with the food her composition is amazing um it just it feels like something different that i haven't seen um her stuff almost feels like works of art like i would love to have like one of her um photos hanging in in my house because that's how like vibrant and and you know the emotion that it evokes for me um so that's why i picked created by Lori, and it was just it was so funny because i found her through son of a southern chef because i loved all those things that you said about him quinn Mm -hmm. um I loved that he was different. It was in your face. And, you know, I was like, you know, behind every great man or woman, there, there sometimes is a very great team, right? <laughs> um, and uh, I was happy to stumble upon a created by Lori because her stuff spans outside of food too. That's sometimes the creative, creative, gets my creative juices flowing when I see things that are different like that. So that is our roundup. But before we, we go, I have a quick question for the group. Every episode, I do a little bit of a table topic. And the table topic is designed for my listeners to get some knowledge from the guests that I have on the show. And Quinn and Shirad, you guys have provided me an abundance of knowledge and support. I can message, text. Instagram, either one of you, and you've given me some great advice in the food realm and beyond. So my question for you, I get, I get a lot of times like I'm thinking about being a food blogger or I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Um, what do I need to do? And I thought that both of you have some insight to provide to people around that. And so, Sherrod, what is some advice you have for folks, especially people of color, because there's not many of us or there are a lot of us, but we don't always get um, opportunities in this field if they want to break into it um, and succeed.
1: Yes. Oh, man. This is also sort of a, what would you tell your younger food blogger self? Right. Sort of question. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm on, yeah, I'm gonna fix my life. Uh, let's see, beloved. I would say, I would say be honest and authentic in your voice, which is, one of those things that's way easier said than done. I think mm-hmm. we could all save ourselves a lot of time in this business if we would just put mm-hmm. more authentically and speak in, the, in a voice not that we think others want to hear, but the voice that most best expresses who we are. I think that is, um, it's a very easy trap to fall into, especially for bloggers of color, to produce content in a particular way so that it'll be palatable for particular audiences. And I'm not necessarily talking around any particular words here, yeah. I'm just, Saying that it, we we get our a niche in our head for whatever that audience may be there's lots of them to choose from and we sort of hone in on that instead of just being and talking and doing and sometimes that can hinder the process a lot more than help it so yeah. I would say be be yourself when you start and things will happen naturally as they are or are not meant to be agreed
0: very well said very well said um, and, you know, I, I like I'd like to add to what you said, like there's room for everybody to win. Um, yeah, and, there is. I mentioned that, like, I'm, I'm thankful for both of you, but it's because I know that you guys have experienced some barriers and challenges as you've grown your own brands. But you guys have been w- so willing to share that with me and that support. You know, when one of us wins, all of us wins. <laughs> there's yeah, enough room for yeah. all of us. Uh, so, Miss Quinn, what about you? What advice do you have?
2: Listen, I, I co-signed pretty much everything Sherrod said. Um, sharing a bit of a more personal story, when I first started blogging in 2016, I did just like what Sherrod said. Like I thought I had to, my voice and everything I did, my recipes had to be just like every other popular blogger at that time. Um, and I didn't notice that until I shifted and, and became more authentic and kind of stopped putting that pressure on myself to be like everybody else, I didn't, I noticed that my audience, everything changed. Like when I started being myself, when I started sharing, or I mm-hmm. guess walking, quote unquote, walking in my truth and being as authentic as I can, that the pressure and everything else kind of dissipated. Like I started to notice mm-hmm. that people appreciated that, you know, I spoke out about this. I, I talked about that and I didn't shy away from this or that especially being a blogger of color, there's, 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 not a lot of right. there not being a lot of us. There's not a lot of us that are like, I, I can count on my hand, the amount of quote unquote, big black bloggers that, that are out there. And there are so many white ones um, if I'm being completely honest. So I think that there's room for all of us. I'm always rooting for a black blogger whenever I see them that are doing their thing that are on, uh, you know, this show or that show or doing this, they're, they got this accepted into that and they're coming out with a book or whatever. But I think the main important thing is to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so easy to fall into that comparison thing and think, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta move and shake like this one. No, be yourself. Like people, your audience, people will love exactly who you are. Just be yourself. Do the recipes that you love. Don't create recipes that you think are going to be popular. Create recipes that evoke some sort of emotion within you. Like for me, um, I noticed that Caribbean recipes do a lot higher Mm. um, (laughs) on my site because there are not a lot of them. There are a million and one how to make spaghetti and meatballs, but there's (laughs) probably five, you know. Caribbean curry goat recipes. So yeah, just be yourself, do what you love, and the rest will follow.
0: So I appreciate the advice, um, that advice and, and the advice from both of you. Um, because you know, I know myself that I I've experienced in the past some imposter syndrome, right? Can mm-hmm. I really do this? Am I really good as good as everybody else? Um, but like, you know, um, for me, I love a good cocktail and I love a good event and I like going out and having a good time, and that's just me and that's just of my life. You do. And um, <laughs> And, you know, I would say uh, an aha moment for me, if you will, was like, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And when I went home and um, the older folks or people I went to high school were paying attention, it wasn't like the the accolades or whatever, um, or or the people or the likes on Instagram or how much traffic I was getting to my website. It like really warmed my heart when I saw that, you know, people I grew up with were rooting, rooting for me. I, and I, that's
1: the best that's the best thing for your audience to see i've always said
0: yep you. yep exactly i agree i really appreciate both of you being here miss quinn how can uh, my viewers get in touch follow you etc
2: yeah so i'm uh at butter be ready on pretty much everything i think um b-u-t-t-e-r b-e-r-e-a-d-y yeah that's how you can find
0: me awesome and mr Sharad, how about
1: you uh, we are Slice and Tort, dot ecom and uh, same name for Instagram um, and uh, on YouTube or Slice and Tort, you can just search or Slice and Tort food in the URL.